Hi, I'm Natalia. I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. This is Arnisha. I'm Generation X. I'm Micah, the boomer. We are Dame Talk. Hi, welcome to Dame Talk. This is our first episode, and we'd like to give you a chance to get to know us better. I'm Micah. This podcast is my brainchild. I wanted to help others learn how to navigate some of the challenges I've experienced in the workplace. I chose the name Dame Talk because one of the definitions for Dame is a woman of rank, station, or authority. I thought that it would be great to bring in a diverse group of women of all ages, race, and background, bring us together to share our knowledge, and I believe we should learn from each other. It doesn't matter how senior or junior you are, you can always learn from someone else. The Dame Talk panel is inclusive of some amazing women. They are all dames in their own right. I thought the best way for you to get to know us is for me to ask them a few questions about themselves and find out why they're participating in Dame Talk. Arnisha and I have known each other for quite a few years. I worked for her as a consultant when she headed up the marketing department for a hair care company. Through our work together, I've really developed a deep respect for her leadership and marketing skills. I knew she would make the perfect dame. So Arnisha, as a 30-year veteran in beauty, can you tell me the highlights of your career and why you love this particular industry? You know, Mike, I've been so blessed with so many great opportunities. I've worked for Fortune 500 companies and small entrepreneurial businesses. I've held global roles and North American roles. I've led marketing departments and cross-functional teams. And what I love most of all about beauty is because when it's all said and done, it's about making women feel better about themselves. And it might sound really simple to say, A lipstick does that, but you'd be surprised. You know, you imagine a woman that's out there that's working hard and she might not have the opportunity to go out and buy some of the things that are on her luxury list. But if she can go and pick up a tube of lipstick and put it on and look at herself and feel better, that changes the way she feels about herself. So what I like about this beauty industry is that even though it seems like a simple thing, when you help women feel better about themselves because they look better, they're unstoppable. That's excellent. I I know a lipstick will make me feel good, so uh, I can appreciate what you're saying. For more than half your career, you've been a working mother. And I really admire that about you because I know it's not always easy. I think it would be helpful if you could share what you might have done differently, knowing what you know now as still a mom, but as a working mom, what would you have done different? I would feel less guilty about being a working mother. You know, it's hard. It really is hard being a a working mother, even when you have great support. Before you even get to work, a lot of times you're already exhausted, right? Because you've been parenting the night before and parenting in the morning before you leave. You have a second shift all the time, right? Being a mother means you have a second shift all the time. So it's really, really tough. And you're constantly faced with choices of your family versus work, you know? And while we'd love to say that you always choose family, the truth is that's just not true. There are a lot of times where you have to choose work so that you're successful, you know, at your job. During those times when you make that choice, 
you feel guilty. And oftentimes you feel guilty because you missed this play or because you weren't able to go to this game. You, you just feel guilty about those things. You know, and now that my son is a college student, a lot of that's behind me. A lot of those choices I don't have to make anymore. But what I, I realize is the way to get rid of some of that guilt is by really just relying on people who love and support you and, and, and your child or your children. You know, there's an African proverb that said that it takes that says that it takes a village to raise a child. And it's so true. It really, really does. And I think that as working moms, oftentimes we try to do more because we're not there as much as we might like to like to be. But when you really use your village and you surround your child with or your children with people that you trust and you know love you and them, it's amazing for your kids. It really is because they have a group of people that they know love and trust and support them and what they do as opposed to so much of it falling upon you and your your husband or you and your, your child's father or the grandparents. It's great for your child to have aunties and uncles that support them and that love them. So I would say, again, coming back to your question, I would get rid of the guilt or I at least would reduce it. It's hard to get rid of it, but I would feel less guilty by using my village more. Thanks, Arisha. I think hopefully other women will hear your message and start working on their, their guilt challenges as well. Um, I'm going to change directions a little bit. Arisha, why don't you tell me how can more experienced professionals help their younger colleagues? Mentor them. I think that as we become more senior, sometimes we feel threatened by younger professionals. They're quicker, right? They're smarter, <laughs> they're more adaptable. Um, and in this technology age, you know, we sometimes we just aren't we aren't digital natives, right? As we become more, as we become more senior. So sometimes that can feel a little threatening when you see your younger colleagues that are. So I'm a big believer in mentoring. And I feel that mentoring not only helps the mentee, but it helps the mentor. So if you have an opportunity to spend time with a younger colleague, absolutely do, because you'd be surprised that you will probably get as much from your relationship with them as they will get from you. So I'm big on mentoring, mentoring younger professionals. I think this topic is probably going to come up more than just today. So, um, but, but mentoring is definitely key. And I think also this is the reason why we are four different generations, because we're going to learn from each other as dames. And hopefully our listeners will also learn from each of us in our own way. So uh, thank you for that. Arisha, my last question to you. What can we expect from you as being on the dame, as part of the dame panel? What's Arnisha going to give us? Real talk. <laughs> I, I'm definitely a real talk person. I'm direct and I'm honest and I'm not always polished. So I'm just going to let our listeners know I'm not always the most polished, but I will always come from a real talk perspective. Great. That's what we want. Everybody wants real talk. Thanks. All right, Molly. Let's move on to you. First, let me tell people how I know you. We work together at a nonprofit. And I personally love working with younger colleagues and getting their input and insights. And Molly and I, when we met, we bonded pretty quickly. And there were times when I gave her some honest opinion and advice to help her navigate through some of the politics of our organization. And sometimes it was just really about confirming what she was already feeling, her instincts were good. And then also just encouraging her to make a change and, and move on, quite frankly. Um, 
Molly, of all of us dames, you're probably, you're, you're definitely the most committed to nonprofit. Can you share a little bit about why you've dedicated yourself to working for nonprofits? I've been really thinking about it a lot lately. Um, and I really have, I, I've just always felt like I've had this real sense of wanting to give back. Um, and I think it comes down to when I was in eighth grade and 9-11 happened. Um, I'd always felt like I was a little more plugged into current events and politics than other people of my, my own age. Um, and so when that happened, I really started paying even more attention. Um, started looking at the way the U.S. and the rest of the world really responded and the fallout that happened afterwards. And then, of course, we're still we're still dealing with. Um, and it really got me interested in history. So I became a huge history nerd. I still am. Um, and the more I learned about history, the more I paid attention to the structures and the systems around me, um, really realized how much privilege I had. Um, and I always felt like I had to do something to fix that, um, to fix those systems and try to make the world a better place, as cheesy and idealistic as that sounds. Um, I was also just, to be quite honest, never really excited about the idea of going to work every day to help other people or other companies make money. Thank you. I, I believe you're making the world a better place. So. <laughs> we appreciate it. And we, need, we, we do need people that dedicate themselves to nonprofits because they're, they, the change is needed more, now more than ever. So thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Molly's thoughts, honestly, about making the world a better place, that's so common with millennials and also with Generation Z. Yeah. yeah. We, we need more of it. Yeah, us boomers and Xers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Molly, I remember when we worked together, our the organization's leadership was very focused on getting more millennials to work for them. And I don't think they were very successful recruiting or maintaining millennials that work there. So based on your personal opinion, what do you think leadership in an organization should do to maintain and attract more millennials? From my experience, I I feel like there's nothing more or less about attracting and retaining millennials than anyone else. Um, we want, you know, good jobs that we feel like we're paid for the work that we're doing, um, good benefits and opportunities for growth. Um, you know, beanbag chairs and ping pong tables are great and free snacks are great, um, but that's not what brings us to a job. And it's certainly not what keeps us there. Um, office culture is very important, but we really, at least for me, um, and many of the people I've talked to, the culture, the office culture that we're looking for is one that's out of, that's built on respect and trust and flexibility. So less of kind of the, the uh, materialistic and kind of surface level things and more of the deeper just nature of the work and nature of how you work together with your coworkers. That's great. And I'll add integrity. Yes. Because I've noticed in workplace that backstabbing can really, I think, lose a lot of employees because they feel like they can't trust the people they work with. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to add integrity there for you. Great. Yes. <laughs> and I think for, for that integrity and trust, like it goes both ways. So like if you trust me as an employee, I'm going to trust you as an employee. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Good. So I know that you have not worked exclusively in nonprofit. You've had other jobs. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and how that helped you in your current roles? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So in high school, college, just out of college, um, I worked in several restaurants and retail. Um, I am a 
strong believer that everyone should have to work in a restaurant or somewhere in the service industry before being allowed to graduate high school. I think you learn a lot about just humanity and, um, and just working on a team and so many things. Uh, for me, it was really, if I take my, my experience at restaurants, I worked at three different restaurants. Um, and one of the things that I've really taken from that is the idea of teamwork. So when you're working at a restaurant, you have to work with whichever position you're in at that restaurant, you have to work with everyone else who's there. Um, so you're working with people, if you're a server, you're working with people in the kitchen, you're working with the front of house staff, you're working with the bartender, you're working with bussers, um, just so that you can get a plate of food out to a customer. And so I think it's been something that was really, really uh, helpful for me that I've really built on. And, you know, some of the rest, some of the restaurant experience I've had has been some of the most fun um, in my in my career so far, and some has been the most frustrating. Um, so you build this sense of camaraderie with your coworkers, um, but then there is a lot of, you know, people get very stressed when it gets busy, and then of course you're dealing with the general public, which is, you know, great a lot of times, <laughs> and not so great a lot of times. Um, so uh, I think it just, it causes you to kind of take that experience and then put it into your own world. Um, and your day-to-day -day and see how, you know, when you're interacting with people who are from all different backgrounds, um, all different experiences, uh, all different places in their life currently, and really just trying to put yourself in those shoes, in their shoes and see what, you know, they're going through. I think that's so funny that you want people to have had a service experience by the time they're in, through high school. And interestingly enough, a lot of colleges look for kids to have experience working for nonprofits, giving back, right? So you're taking it to a whole nother level. You're like, no, you need to give back, but you need to work where you actually have to service somebody. <laughs> right. And your your money depends on how well you service them, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, I think you might be opening up a whole new area yeah. for kids before they go to college or before they start working. Absolutely. And one thing that I, so I feel like that, you know, a lot of the skills that I learned and experience I had from, from restaurants and from different stores and things that I worked at, um, one thing that I wish I had been better at in my early career was figuring out how to translate that experience into, uh, onto my resume or how that was helpful and what yeah. I really learned from that. Um, that would be one thing that I would just really want, you know, younger people or people who are trying to transition out of the service industry into another mm -hmm. industry. You gain a lot of skills in those, in those fields. And so I think being able to really tap into that, um, would be so valuable. I think we got another podcast yeah. topic. <laughs> so we, we'll have to get back to that one. Um, so I believe that you're going to add a lot to the panel. Obviously, you already have. So, of course, I can't wait to work with you and, and do more podcasts with you and more episodes. But why don't you tell me what made you say yes when I said, Molly, I want you to be a dame. Uh, it just sounded like such a fun experience. Um, I know from working with you in the past that whatever you, whatever project you had up your sleeve was just going to be amazing. Um, it sounded like such an exciting group of women. Um, I loved the cross-generational and cross-cultural group that we had. Um, so I just thought it was going to be such a unique and, and cool experience. I thought, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to learn a lot from, from this group, and I hope I can also share some things that, that help others as well. Absolutely. I know you can. Thank you. Natalia is our Gen Z dame. She has a fresh perspective. When I met her for the first time, she just exuded energy and a readiness to get things done. Although she says she's learning from us, 
uh, our, her fellow dames, we're also learning from Natalia. She is the future for professional women, and we want to arm her with everything she needs to succeed. At the same time, we want to listen to her and her value and her insights. Natalia, as a self-described broke college student, mm -hmm. what resources and strategies have you used to help minimize your debt? Well, for one, our government has money for us specifically to use. I definitely would say don't be too afraid or too proud to take advantage of these resources. Also, private schools that will lead you years into student debt and possibly bankruptcy aren't always the best choice. The amount of state schools that offer an equal or even higher quality education is vast. At the end of the day, what makes a school great is your experience and the knowledge you gain from your professors and your peers. <clears throat> your high school will always have people to help you sign up for financial aid and your future school advisors will be willing to offer financial aid packages that will work well for you. Just do your research and you'll be fine. Thanks. That's, I, I think it'll be helpful for others, especially you parents. You might want to be listening to this and reach out and help your, your <laughs> fellow yeah. college student. Um, as you consider a career path, what are your thoughts of being an entrepreneur versus working for corporate or even a nonprofit? Well, I come from a family of immigrants, first and foremost, but those same immigrants have become part of working forces and entrepreneurs themselves. So I've kind of seen both sides of the coin. But right now I plan on getting a job um, where I have a good life balance. Um, seeing entrepreneurship firsthand has made me realize just how taxing the work really is. And as someone starting out in the workforce, that type of responsibility isn't what I'm looking for right now. Maybe in the future. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I've been in the workforce for a while and I think being an entrepreneur is very daunting. It's hard work mm -hmm. and you've got to be in the game 150%. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So, okay, last question for you. <laughs> Why Dame Talk? What made you decide to join us? Well, I'm really excited to be a part of Dame Talk because I genuinely have never heard of a podcast like this. And I think that people from my generation, no matter what their situation, background, anything like that, can greatly benefit from the dialogue shared between us. Thank you. We're so happy to have you and looking forward to many episodes talking about some great stuff. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Natalia, Arnisha, Molly. Um, I appreciate you just kind of sharing yourselves with us, with our listeners. And hopefully the listeners have a better idea of who they'll be, um, who they'll be hearing from over the course of the, this year. We have lots of great episodes ahead. Our next episode is going to be where we discuss supporting other women in the workplace and how we can do that and how important it is and giving some tips and guidance. So on that note, listeners, I hope you appreciated and enjoyed our podcast. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough.